<laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. So when did you get in? <clears throat> got in last night. Got in late last night and drove up to how, how far? How far is the drive for you? It's about eight hours, but I, I was stopping and stretching my legs. I don't sit very good anymore on long drives. Yeah. I got to get running. Yeah, you got to move. Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. This is Trevin. I'm sitting across from John. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, boy. Mr. Phillips. Now, J- Jason says he's not going to talk much. So the whole day, of course, Dave Baronio is to my right. Um, Dave, our job is to coax Jason to tell us one embarrassing story. <laughs> well, I'm sure. John, maybe you can help us on that. We got a couple. Okay. okay. As, as avid elk hunters, they're going to have a funny story because <laughs> most of elk hunting is screw-ups. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. We're at the Western Hunting Expo here in wonderful Salt Lake City. This is a show that I, I always enjoy this show. You know, it's you got the ATA, you got SHOT, you got Harrisburg, you know, you got these other shows, and sometimes they're just the grind. Yep. So this, this show, I'm not saying because it is in the West, but especially with you guys with elk calls primarily, you have other calls, but uh, I would think this would be a good show for you. Yeah, this is by, by far my favorite show. Just the crowd, the people that show up, um, you know, hardcore Western hunters, it's, it's my favorite. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. The people that are here, at least everyone in this building is here because they love hunting, you know, and it's not like some of the other shows necessarily where maybe selling the sham wow or something like that you know it's like or at the, least my pillow what's it yeah, my, my pillows my pillow coconut or, pillows yeah, yeah all those so at least everyone here is concentrated they love what each and all of us we love all right, all right, so all right. well first of all i want you guys to kind of we've talked a little bit i know i've talked to you and you guys did a lot of filming this past fall yep um with some new ventures kind of some some new stuff um tell us a little bit about how your season went i mean we're already i know i have i've already applied for uh elk in you know wyoming um we're looking at what's how's our season gonna pan out this fall but take us back and you guys kind of lead us through what that project was yeah so last uh two years ago we'd ran kind of a kind of that day by day series style and it didn't pan out the best i mean it, it still got some good traction but we kind of re-looked and this year we kind of filmed everything on let's just make it a hunt by hunt um you know basis and and uh day by day and so we we kind of rewound that uh i unfortunately kind of went different direction usually I, I have so much fun hunting with my buddies in the fall i had kind of cashed out on my wyoming points um i had a pretty awesome opportunity to buy one of the best tags in oregon um and i wasn't about to pass that up so i ended up with a pretty good tag um, in mount emily oregon as well as drawing my my 10-year tag in, in wyoming so i had the, the the cards they were definitely stacked uh, in and my favor. And that was this last September. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so um, was able to kill a really good bull on the first day of uh, September in Wyoming. Um, ten years. Ten years. And one the first. day. Dressed up like Hulk Hogan. Did you? What? Dude, tights and all. So I don't the know if hair. you want to save this to the embarrassing, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> John, no, is it, it goes is right this, now. John, is this? Is this, this is true? The, we just launched the video yeah. last last uh, Saturday at the okay. Loophole Movie Night. Okay, okay, hold on. I, I, no, wait, hold hold the phone here. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? 100%. So you don't ever bet a guy named Derek Durham and lose um, because he's set you up to look feel like an absolute fool in the woods. But uh, as a man of my word, I dressed up like Hulk Hogan, hair, bandana, glasses, mustache, red shirt. Hold on. And the most embarrassing red and yellow tie-dyed pants but it wasn't so much the pants that i was wearing it was the tightness of the pants that i was wearing so you had like <laughs> spandex 
tight, be tight. tight. I mean, I've got some sexy calves and a pretty good looking butt, but it's, <laughs> there was nothing left to the imagination. Um, <laughs> It wasn't good. And erase, I was, erase, 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 erase. I gotta see no, this. So I, so me, I was sitting there editing, and I was so embarrassed to even show like my mom and, and my wife. They were sitting in there working at the shop. Hey, I need you guys to 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 do me a, a once over on this. And my wife was just thankful that I only showed the front twice. I'm, we just looked at the picture for those of you who are listening on Trevin, Phelps stop, game. Stop, stop zooming in. Phelps, <laughs> Phelps game calls uh, on in their Instagram, um, and this is uh, this is. That's a seller right there. No matter what you wear in the woods, you will call them in. If you don't move, you can wear wow. anything you want. That's right. So how can they see the film? How can they see the so video? So we we don't know what we're doing with it yet. Okay. Exactly. We released it as a premiere um, at a Leupold movie night. How was um, that? From the time they seen me in those pants to the time I killed it was nonstop laughter. And I couldn't figure out what for. But anytime they would show me in those pants, it was, or I'd, like at lunch break, I put the hair back on. Okay. It was a disaster. So I've, we've joked around about putting on a Ronald McDonald suit, right? Yes. We've done it. We've, you know, we joke around like that. But never, I mean, that's always in joking. So take me through, you lose the bet to Dirk. Yep. Now you're out there. And this is opening morning of a, it's not oh, like yeah. it's, this is over no, the counter. Ten, this is a 10, ten years year wait. tag. So I'm holding up my How long the did you have to wear the... Just opening day. Just open. Okay. All so right. my, talk me through my that. My idea with the camera guy, I'm like, we're going to go up on this mountain and I'm not going to talk to anybody all day. I'm going to climb this mountain five miles as deep as I can get in this unit and just sit there. It's going to get dark. I'll come back down. We'll begin. Done. Is that because you, you wanted to be as far away from yeah. everybody yeah. as you could? No interactions yeah. with anybody. Yeah. Drive and in the and there's other people around, too. Yeah. So, yeah. so we hunt. We screw up a couple bowls. We're sitting there taking a nap. And you know, you're, you're glassing across. Like, well, somebody's got a Kafaru teepee down there. And you're, like, looking. Like, oh, there. And uh, so I end up killing that bull in, in the outfit that night. And so I'm like, well, this is gonna, maybe we can lose the SD card, you know. And nobody ever has to see this. And... Uh, but those guys were in a Ford blue F-150 and so we ended up that was the best place to get off the mountain we hung my bull in the tree and said we'll just come get him tomorrow it was too dark and some of those creek drainages and those bighorns are cliffed out and I'm like I don't even want to navigate this stuff we're close enough we'll be able to come in and get it in the morning well uh, so those guys were already asleep when we walked by their camp we had to hike up get to our, our four-wheeler and one of the most embarrassing things was as we showed up in the morning they were still kind of late to get out of bed we got there to, to pack that bull out and they're like you guys are never going to see what we see on the mountain and I'm still not registering like what they're going to show me on now, their phone. Now you've changed. Oh, I'm back to normal. So yep. you're yep. incognito. Okay. Yep. So I'm back to normal. They going to pack my bull out, just you know, my normal camo, going to do it, and they're like, I, I'm thinking like maybe they seen a grizzly bear in here. There's not supposed to be any grizzly bears in the bighorn. Like, what did you guys see? And they they open their phone up like, you guys see this idiot up on the mountain up there in this red? They had took a bunch of phone scope video and pictures of me through their their spot and scopes, and I didn't even know they were. Are you recording any of this? We didn't record that part. Um, That's but, too bad. But, but we record the whole me killing and everything. But uh, yeah, not the not the interactions afterwards. We were just we were moseying to, to pack that bowl out and um, yeah. So they they ended up like, you guys see this idiot that's up there? And I like, you're really unconfidently raised your hand. You're like, yeah, that was me. I lost the bet. <laughs> and the, and you and you explained to them, and then I'm sure they laughed. Then, then it then it you know, first it didn't they didn't know who necessarily I was, and, and I didn't expect them to. But they, it triggered They're like, oh, you're, I seen parts and p bits of that, and they kind of. I figured out that I had lost the bet after that. So okay, going all the way back, what bet did you lose? So me and Dirk, Dirk came to me. La I hired Dirk in May last year, full time. Come on, Dirk, I've got enough going on that I can use you. Um, and and so Dirk was on full board and you know doing the marketing and sales side of our business. And in August or in July, he comes to me and he's like, Phelps, I got this 
this idea. Let's let's run it through. And his idea to me was like, he wants me to trash his call and he trashes my call. And this is the worst marketing idea in the history of the world, Dirk. But it took fire. Um, June, July, everybody loved it. It was Team Phelps versus Team Maverick. Oh, I know. And you guys were, I remember, because I was, I actually got sucked the in. The meme wars. And yeah. The, uh, and it was, you were back and forth, back and forth. So we had a bunch of fun with it. You know, it was trying to find the, fa- you know, our favorite movie quotes that we could align, that, that it made sense. And, right. and we were going back and forth. All of our fans kind of jumped in. Uh, all of our followers were, you know, sending us memes every day. And it was, it was pretty awesome. But so getting closer to the season, towards the end of July, Dirk's like, let's let's finally, you know, put this to rest. This will kind of be who figures out who wins. Is in the month of August, we'll track sales, figure out who sells the most diaphragms. Uh, mine or yours? And he ended up beating me like 13 or 14 percent. Um, but Dirk, did you look at who was buying them? Because Dirk might have his fangirls. He, he might have yeah. just bought them all himself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna win this. Well, bag. that's the thing. I had to throw out his numbers too, because uh, he only sells his call on his website. So I'm like, all right, I'm not counting those. I'm not counting these. He might um, have contacted me to pad the numbers in yeah, the website. Yeah. Hey, can you can you fluff those a little bit? Yeah. Uh, but it was all good fun. We had a, we had a blast. And Dirk so loves, what would if he would have lost? What would he have done? Well, he he won and he still dressed up. That's the thing. Yeah. Dirk loves to dress up. So he still dressed up like. Macho Man Randy Savage on opening day. Yeah, so but Dirk, he didn't kill a bull. No, almost, that makes you the winner. I won, I won, right? And, uh, but Dirk's so, got a good picture too. Uh, Trent from Born and Raised, he dressed up as Nacho Libre. So Trent was Macho Man and, uh, or Trent was, Dirk was Macho Man and Trent was Nacho Libre. And so Dirk's revealing his outfit and all of a sudden you see like Trent leaping like through the background like Nacho Libre with his cape. It was, it was hilarious. That's crazy. But that, that's kind of my crazy story. So this, this is Dirk going out opening day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. We had fun with it. Uh, it's, uh, that, you know what? That's so cool. It is. That is so cool. I'm always worried a little bit about, like, any, any uh, you know, flat coming back on us, you know, something about respect the game. And so, But we, you guys do respect we do, the game. And, that's and you're having fun. And you're not, yeah. you know, it's not so serious. You're enjoying what you're out there. There's no egos. Yeah. Just having a good time is a bunch of guys. But know, it's very important to us that it doesn't send the wrong message so that's like you take these opportunities to clear it up like we are out there having fun we're still doing what we love you're still safety conscious yeah we're still safety conscious right. maybe extra, see you extra, yeah, yeah. extra safety conscious um, but you know it's like it's, it was nothing to do we have deep respect for the game it's, it was more the bet and we it was more of how let's have fun why we do what we love to do so um, wow that's a great story yeah, and it, it just so good. like the best part was it just so happened that it was going to be in a loophole movie night mountain ops movie night so like everything was just filmed around that and then Wait, this now, were you bat. running camera on that no who I, was running camera so for i used dave frame okay. um photography yeah. on, on that one so okay. dave yeah <laughs> it, it was tough to get through that first day i mean every time he'd go turn the camera on he'd laugh and it, it was bad Right. That is one of the greatest hunting that, stories. I'm telling you what, I, I, yeah. But I, mean, I would love to see you in that outfit, packing, packing that bowl. Out. Well, you didn't wear the outfit. So I, I should have put it back on. Um, you got you, some pictures. You did break it down though and move it to right. You put it. Some, you kind of stationed it. So like, that's how I know the, all the listeners can't see, but that's basically how we started the day. Dude. So, um, I, I want. <laughs> Is this on your website, like we those little know. clips or nothing? Not yet. We, okay. we were kind of teasing getting into that movie night, and then we, we filmed it to be a day-by-day series, so we've got probably six or seven good days out of it. I'm going to talk to Dirk and see if we should maybe release the short film, and then if people like it, they'll go dig into the series. Like, there's some ways we can play with it. Um, so, but they can find that out if they follow you guys on Instagram. Yep, Insta- so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, follow we'll, Fels Game Calls yep. on Instagram, yep. and you guys will release it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm telling you, he was just, for you again, we don't film. 
the podcast because we film everything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't need something else to edit. But um, this, the, the, the little clips we're seeing right now, Dave, that's oh, freaking yeah. Anybody hilarious. listening to this podcast needs to go and, and check this out because if you could see what we've just seen, you'd shake your head and say, no, well, and there's no way. I have known you guys for a while. And I have never, ever, ever had an inkling of you disrespect what we do yeah. or that you're, you're too, too big for your britches type of thing. Yeah. You know, we've always been, it's always been buddy buddies, whether we're in Colorado or you guys, Oregon, you know, the, the born and raised guys are great. You know, yeah. it's, it's everybody wants to pit everybody against everybody else. And what I love about what you guys do is you embrace each other. Yep. You know, the born and raised guys, and you do stuff with them. Of course, you've been friends with them for yeah, a long time. Yep. But uh, for me, this is just good fun. Yeah, we, we have a blast. And uh, like I say, I, I'll always make good decisions if I keep, like, my grandpa's voice in the back of my head. Like, would he slap me upside the head for this, or could he chuckle at it? And that's, that's always been my teeter-totter. Like, yes, do it, or no, don't do it. Like, would grandpa smack me upside? I probably would get smacked upside the head, but then he'd say, go ahead and do it anyways. You yeah. know, so um, that, that's always my good metric on whether that's, I should do that, something that, or not. That is probably like, a real would, good would, metric. Would grandpa be pissed if I did this, or would he, he give me the thumbs up? Yeah. So. Well, we got to... I mean, we've been talking about this, but I mean, we ought to get on. We ought to plan something out. We need to, couple, even if it's a couple years in advance, and just get on a hunt together. That'd be fun. Problem with this guy now is he's basically um, Dave. You, he's running a. Uh, he's working in New Zealand from March to what May? April, May. April, May. Um, which come back for a few months, do some weddings. Yeah, and, and then, then, the then you're on the mountain from August 1st to August, even maybe before that to... Yeah, we're clearing roads July 15th and then through through November. So, you know, my my applications, you know, for tags are, are minimal because I'm, I'm not hunting much myself. I had three tags last year, a bear tag in Nevada, which is a tough, you know, that's a pretty coveted draw for Nevada since they only issue so many tags. And then I had a Wyoming elk tag and a Utah deer tag. And I didn't hunt either one of them because oh, I was man. just out there guiding. But, yep. you know, I'm still in the woods. I'm still interacting with these animals, you know, whether I'm pulling the trigger or not. And, and, and honestly, it's such a joy for me to take others out and give them the experience that, you know, we, we, get, to, we get to have every year. You so know, to have know. bulls come into your face every year. And then I bring a guy from back east out there and I put a bull five yards in front of him and he's... Mm-hmm. You know, you look down and he's wetting himself. <laughs> You're like, that was worth it. Yeah. I have to ask a question. He, he's wetting himself in his Nacho Libre outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask a question. I know it's not my podcast, but I, I've always struggled with how do you go from, from a guy that hunted so much for his own in that transition to, to now being a guide slash outfitter. Is I can, it okay? I can answer part of this okay. for right now. Um, Dave, since the day I met him, is uh, and I don't mean this uh, in any negative way, but David, Dave is a servant. Dave likes people, so even the first time I hunted with Dave, we met literally on the trailhead. Well, no, we met the night we before. We met the hotel at the hotel out to go on this ten-day backcountry hunt. Right. Never met the guy, and I applied him with me for a Nevada backcountry hunt. Didn't even know what he did. So we we meet and. From that, uh, it was he had that feel, that spin of a guide, because he had experience. First off, I mean, uh, he didn't know what my experience was other than what I told him, 
and and I could have been blowing smoke up his skirt. Yeah. But what Dave does is Dave, he reads people well, and then he's so physically fit he can accommodate for other people's you know. You know, you, there's some yeah. people that can stay up with you on the mountain. Okay, well, easy with the short. You said short. I looked at him. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so Dave really, even before he was basically a full-time guide, um, we would go places when he ended up coming on and basically b- helping build and develop and 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 lay the platform for Outback Outdoors. Dave. We'd go and we'd hunt with these people, this outfit, you know, and we'd whatever. And they're ask, they're, they're, they they see that in Dave, and they were like, "Hey, you want to come back and guide for us?" You know, because Dave was so good about um, spotting game, and oh, I think your best approach is this. And so one of the things that's hard about with me is we go on our hunts, and here I freaking. Okay, Trev. Okay, here's what you need to do. And I keep turning to him and I say, I don't need you to freaking guide me, Dave. <laughs> I don't want to be with the I money. know. I, I kill. I kill a lot of animals without you. I don't need. But but it's just that ingrained. He wants me to be successful, probably more than he wants him to be successful. So yeah. it was. It's a perfect fit for him and his personality. I don't know. It's just something. Something in life. I love to give back. I love to create experiences that somebody can walk away with memories that that you know beat no other. And you know, I, I love to hunt myself. I love to pull the trigger. But if I'm behind, you know, a guy sixty yards and I'm and I'm calling and bringing it in. I'm immersed in that atmosphere and I'm creating something for him. It's like me putting on a suit and tie and doing weddings. You know, if I do 150 weddings a year, I know that I've touched every one of those lives in a unique way more than more than anybody else. Yeah. You know, you can't go to a restaurant and get that service and then, you know, a week later you kind of forget what their name is, but they remember me the rest of their life. And I just want to I want to serve people that way in making a difference. If I don't if I don't hunt again, I will still always be on the mountain, and anytime somebody you know sends an arrow behind the shoulder on a bull or on a deer, whatever it may be, I'm successful because I've helped create that, um, and I get I I'm never short of meat. You yep. know, I've got plenty of friends that kill, uh, family that kill, and then my clients, you know, sometimes they can't right, they fly. Can't, or, no. And I always have meat. So that's awesome. So I don't necessarily have to punch a tag to. To fulfill my my primal, you know, That's primal cool. nature. You know, it's funny because I I guided in New Mexico growing up, and um, and then got away from it, and then came back to it, and guiding really is what got me refocused on hunting because I was kind of burned out at, younger, and the one thing I found out is you know okay, you can do it, but you know you're good if you can get that. That, yeah, that yeah. Wisconsin retired mail worker who has a prostate problem and has to use the bathroom every seven minutes. If you can get him and you can call Elk into his lap, now you've done something. Yeah, yeah. That's... So it was almost, for me, almost another challenge. And that was long before I started filming and, and you know, trying to captivate and capture the hunt. And there are so many challenges to taking others that haven't experienced, you know, to, to explain to them how to hunt elk. You know, they're standing behind the tree. It's like, no, you can, you, you need to stand here yeah. in front of the tree and just don't move and just be ready to draw when he, you know, so you're explaining and kind of, you're teaching somebody right. else something that they have 
have no experience, but here, you definitely have to have to check things. It, it can't be ego because so many times I've taken guys out there that are not capable of doing what I can do because I train all year for so that I can give them the best. And you just have to be patient because everybody is on their own journey. I had, I had one guy that he, he's basically hiking with a half a lung and, and we're elk hunting. And sometimes you just got to get your ass moving Yep. You know, on the on these animals to get ahead of them or whatever it may be. And we just had to readjust our strategy. And, you know, it is all that stuff has made me a better hunter. <laughs> Whether I'm going to go out and be able to shoot anything <laughs> myself because I've, you know, well, tell I, I do better. I do better guiding. And then uh, I get out there and I'm missing left tell, and right. Tell, oh, tell, tell the story of, and you don't have to mention any names, but you had a gentleman that was, uh, uh, you know, a, just a big guy. And, di- again, came from the flatlands so he's elevation you know when it were, what was your elevation you were hunting well no i i have no problem talking about this uh you know t-bone with mm-hmm. bone collectors yeah. you know we had we had uh nick and michael out mm-hmm. and those guys were hunting mule deer at 10 11 000 feet you know and they were feeling the feeling the uh you know the elevation the lack, the lack of, oxygen, of oxygen but we had a great hunt but one thing was one thing was really neat is we were talking about uh we were talking about t-bone and you know the challenges that he has because he's just a big he's a big guy and you know doing the type of type of hunting sitting in uh in blinds these guys said we want t-bone to experience a, a true elk hunt not sitting in a blind and you know waiting for them to come into water but get him out walking through the woods and get him you know seeing all these things so he can have that full elk experience and you know understanding uh the land that we were hunting on and you know we've been in there you know for months we knew what the elk elk were doing we knew the areas that they were you know congregating a little bit more and you know t-bone did a great job i, I said <clears throat> we're not going to be sitting in a blind we're going to go you know, do some hiking and, and walk some of these roads because as a, as a big guy stepping over some of these logs is, you know, it, it can be a little tough at, at 9,500 feet, you know, right, there's, there's right. challenges there, but he, he was willing to take it on, you know, head first. So walking through some of these, uh, you know, upper benches um, up, up in the timber, uh, we set it, we set them up and we were just listening for the morning as the sun started coming up and we weren't hearing much. So I went on, I said, T-Bone, you stay here. Um, Daniel Richens, the owner of R&K, he, he was back, back there as well doing some calling, went on a little walk to go, uh, you know, listen, listen in the woods. And only about uh, half a mile away, I found some bulls, did a couple little chirps and all of a sudden they turned and, they you know, came. It was, yeah, it was a full-on sprint for me to come back. <laughs> so you called, and then you sprinted yeah. back to him like you were cows going away from and them. They, and the, yeah, they were. I was a I was a herd of cows, and they those bulls were following me in the woods. <laughs> uh, they were they were a little ways away, but they could hear me. Right. You know, and, and so you uh, just kept moving. They kept moving towards you. You kept moving back. And I so got you, and I got I got past T Bone. I said, <laughs> they're, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was moving pretty fast because those bulls were coming right. coming quick. But I passed T-Bone, went back about you know 90 yards, and and Daniel and I were doing you know some really good herd talk. And uh, these bulls came came right into 15 yards, and he stopped them. And that guy is a shooter. Yes, that guy I, can flat out out shoot. He's just amazing. And he stopped this. He stopped the bull twice. Uh, it was funny. They came in just thinking they were 
they were finding love. One of them's prancing, and you know, yeah. it's just the funniest, you know, funny looking bulls. I, I'm not going to be politically incorrect there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, be careful. Bleep. Um, and they came by, and he smoked it. And those that the two bulls came running by us, and Daniel and I are looking at each other. Blood coming out both sides, the mouth, and we just watched him pile up. But I did my part to to help t-bone but he had to get out there right and and it was a challenge he did he was he didn't just pull up to a blind and get out there and so it may have been you know a half a mile hike in some you know rugged you know rugged timber country he pushed himself to to that level and i man hats off to him he did a great job that was his first that was his first bull elk wow of his life and you know how much he hunts and shoots and that's magic that is magic. That's why I you knew, died. I knew we were going to have some some issues. He knew we were going to have some issues, but he, you know, and we had to talk about it. He says, "I'm going to make I'm going to make an effort this next year to be better, so that I can do an elk hunt on foot again, no blinds. That's, that's awesome. not that's, that's not awesome. how I want to hunt it. I want to do it like you Western guys hunt elk. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Gives yeah. magic. And and it's that that type of motivation. Sometimes all a guy needs, you yeah. know. Especially once they get that first taste of an elk, too. Like, doing that or him, his first experience, like, I got one. He's hooked. Right. Like, he'll be well, back. He'll do it. There's nobody, there's nobody that, yeah, that can't, it doesn't light you up or kick you, your adrenaline into overdrive when you have a bulk. I don't care if it's a friggin' raghorn coming in, no. you know, bugling and just hot to trot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. Unmistakable. You don't yeah. even need to see them when you smell them. You oh, know, it yeah. just, it's that it's that internal primal thing that just triggers, and you're like, you know, yeah, yeah. You're All in right. their bedroom, John. Yep. Your season. It was Talk fun. Talk a little bit about your season. So Phelps went to Wyoming, and then he had his Oregon hunt, and I was actually supposed to go film Dirk in New Mexico um, on a elk hunt down there. And Dirk had a little unfortunate circumstance in the beginning of September. I was on my way to Montana. I drew a big bull tag in Montana. My first tag I've ever drawn in Montana. Well, big game, but my first elk tag I've drawn. And I was headed up there to hunt. I get a phone call. And I was supposed to go up for about five days, then leave to go to New Mexico with Dirk. Dirk's in the ER. And so Dirk was with Born and Raised. They were hunting in Wyoming. Came through across the creek tried to jump a rock, went out, fell face first, dislocated his shoulder, and Dirk's done. Oh. So, of course, now what are we going to do because Dirk's got a tag, you know, granted it happened to be a landowner's tag so they could transfer it. Jason is involved and they ended up calling Ryan Callahan from First Light Meat Eater now and, uh, hey, you're going to go down, film him, call, do whatever. So I still went down to New Mexico, left my hunt, went down there, and it was actually kind of talk about that experience. It was an awesome hunt, awesome first like evening we got. It monsooned on us in New Mexico, and I've not experienced. Where rain. were you at in New Mexico? Uh, kind of Daddle. 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 Yeah, yeah. Down, Pie Town Daddle. Yeah, yeah. Pie Town Daddle. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Andale, and, hey, andale, pues. I know all that country. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the Gila. Okay. All right. So we we're we we're around there, and so we go out first night monsoon i'm from washington like i know rain i mean i've seen a lot of rain in my life i've not seen rain like that i mean really? i thought i've seen it dumped so hard there was rivers running down all those roads you couldn't drive them anything finally so we had a side by side and we were driving out there we we're like let's go and try to get out there as far as we could we're sliding all over the place going through big water holes and whatever we get up there walk up on this ridge first evening 
see some cows, giant bull comes in, guides with us, uh, Brian Broderick from day six, and he misses it. And uh, it was just like, did this just happen? Like this, that fast, you know, type of thing. Fast forward a couple days in, you talk about the experience. So Ryan Callahan, good hunter, killed a lot of stuff, great dude. He's never had a bull called in for him. And so, really? yeah, ever, never had a bull called in for him in his life. I'm sitting there calling, we have bulls bugling all over the place. I call in a 320 bull, shoots at eight yards with his long bow, and I got it all on film. And he's never had a bull called in. And you, it was kind of, you talk about like that experience of, I've hunted with Phelps, you know, and we've killed elk and the whole thing, how it happens. And just seeing someone else get that kind of experience, that was pretty special and unique, you know, just to see that. And to hear him say, come back, I've never had anyone call an elk in for me in my entire life. And I was, what? You know, how does someone like you not have that? And Ryan, so how has he killed bulls? But does he just sneak up on them? Yeah, he stalks them on his own and calls on his own. He does all his own. And so he's never had anyone do it. And he's guided in New right. Mexico in the past. And so, I mean, he's been that guy that's done it. Never had one for himself. And so that was kind of a cool deal, seeing the whole thing and just watching it unfold. So we hunted a few more days. I left, had my Montana tag, went up there, hunted uh, about eight days in montana i guess and i ended up tagging a really good bull in montana um with my bow and it was kind of a cool experience my other half she drew my dad drew my dad's 72 and so we were all hunting together my dad showed up a week before we got there and my dad had bulls running all over the place my dad ended up letting 13 bulls walk on that hunt because he just you know he's 72 he's i've killed bulls i want to kill a big, big yeah big bull yeah and so did. yeah and he's letting bulls walk didn't even care so it was kind of a really cool experience my other half shin unfortunately being a kind of a new bow hunter has a single pin sight we have two six by seven bulls coming in one walks by at 10 yards doesn't get a shot the other one comes down the hill stops 25 yards starts raking a tree shoots hits like in high no man's land above the backbone i mean barely mm. even hit this bull and it was kind of one of those things like what did you do you know i mean what happened i look at her site and it was set on 40 yards and she just had that adrenaline, adrenaline freaking out i've never seen someone freak out <laughs> and so just seeing that though and seeing that experience of a kind of a newer hunter and the elk and the freaking out and your bow shaking so bad you know the arrow is about to fall off the rest type yeah and oh dave yeah i've seen dave do that <laughs> but yeah. his wasn't 25 his was eight yards oh. that he missed <laughs> So but anyway, that's it, another story. It was just a cool experience. Yeah. And anyways, then about two hours later, I ended up killing this bull. And uh, we hunted a couple more days, but weather churned. And it just, I don't know if you've hunted central Montana at all, but the gumbo, yeah. you can't drive. Oh, and, yeah. You, yeah. And you walk, and I get I feel pretty tall. I get about yeah, I get he, about. He walks me in. Yeah, he just stands still. I can walk around, and pretty soon I'm like, dude. You sure? We're, yeah, see, I, mm -hmm. I felt for the first time in my life like I could see over a bush, you right. know, like right. I was good. Yeah, so <laughs> it worked. But uh, so I killed this bull, um, went back, we went home. And, of course, the other half, she's kind of bummed because obviously, right. you know, first experience, big bull, not getting it, whatever. I was able to take her out in the late season in Montana. And uh, this is the typical kind of new person luck. I throw a dart at a map. I'm like, let's go here go take the rifle we'll go get you a buck and then hopefully we'll find a bull and you can you know get one with a gun who we'll go out first day drive up get off go glass i look here's a nice three-point buck chasing like 20 does shoots her buck and we get that thing and we've been there like two hours get it go get pack it out next day drive around i throw another dart at the map 
go around, camp that night, get there at like nine at night, it's dark, set camp up, it's 10 degrees outside, cold. She gets out, we wake up in the morning, take off on the side by side, go up on top of this mountain range. And some people had pulled up some beside us, got their side by side and took off ahead of us in the morning. I was like, great, you know, well, yeah. we don't know this area. We'll see what happens. Come around the corner behind them. I looked down over the edge and I was like, I got to stop in glass. We're there like five minutes. I spot a bull, shoots a bull, 475 yards, kills her bull, back to back. And Sometimes like, it's better when you don't overthink things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know that's the thing. And these people had drove by and like the elk was still there. So she kills her buck in a bull back to back. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Of course, my dad, he had a Montana tag. So he meets us. We hunt deer for a few days. I end up killing a buck. And I tried to let my dad kill it, but he he's then you know typical old man he just um nah, you guys you should yeah you shoot. yeah oh. and then uh i killed another whitetail in washington and that's kind of my favorite hunt that i do every year and is that I, late season yeah november with yeah. my dad my sister it's all archery and i brought my other half she got up and she missed a buck this year up there and the whitetails you know say what you will i mean you've, you've hunted them and the they duck you know and it's like especially for her shooting lower poundage the arrow's not as fast i'm like you gotta hold low because that buck's gonna drop and i mean i got it all on film if she if the duck buck wouldn't have dropped she'd have smoked it but right. i mean of course she missed right. it what happened to come back in she got another shot missed it you know and i'm like no low you know but it it's the same thing she's in the ground blind and she's shaking so bad mm -hmm. she can't draw her bow and i'm like helping her draw like i mean just the right. whole experience of so, seeing that so for all the listeners out there that also have a 21 inch draw like you how low do you have to <laughs> hold when the bow is going that slow about 10 inches under it yeah they'll, they'll hit it <laughs> at the ground yeah at the ground yeah they'll duck all right um but well you say low poundage bows but in kansas this year i had two bucks on the property i would shoot and uh, it's funny because you know Tanner Vernon. Yep. He's running camera with me, and we're sitting there, and and we're about to get out of the tree. Sure. And I'm like, let's go get some lunch. I said, you know, we had actually thrown lunch in there because I was like, maybe we'll sit all day. And um, I'm actually texting with Chris uh, Christensen with Spot Hog. I'm texting him about he was supposed to send some sights, and I hadn't seen him. And I was the only place on the farm I have service, and I'm texting him. And he, we back and forth, and he go, and I said, well, I'm sitting in a tree, so I can't do whatever he needed me to do or whatever. I said, I'll do it when I get back to the, you know, to the, where we're staying. And he said, all right, well, there's a nine point headed your way anyway. Well, he had no idea. We had this buck we call Blades and this nine point that I know are four and a half or five and a half. I know that, that Blades is probably seven. Mature deer, the only two I'm gonna shoot. I put my, I no sooner put my phone down and looked down and there's freaking nine point is standing there at 28 yards and he's rubbing his antlers. And so of course I grabbed my bow. Tanner's trying to get his pizza open, you know, <laughs> <laughs> crinkle, crinkle, you know, aluminum foil, right? Yeah, crinkle, yeah. I said, Tanner, and he thought I was kidding. He looks down. Oh, crud. So then, you know, the thing was we had all the time in the world. He didn't know we were there. So sure. I get everything set. I'm as cool as a cucumber. Same type of thing though. Yeah. I can't aim at at their at their brisket line i can't do it sure so i'm aiming where i think high heart and that son of a gun 28 yards i shoot 70 pound 27 inch draw Same i know I, I know i'm t-rex arms but <laughs> but he ducks me and i did hit him but i hit him just i just basically gave my haircut and if you watch that film because we we videoed it in 120 frames per second right and you hold your finger <clears throat> where you should aim my arrow was right there but he wasn't 
So then if you back it up and you say, where should I shoot? I would have had to aim three inches below, below his brisket. Wow. And I'm like, so I say that in confirmation of what you're saying, yep. but then later on in Missouri, in the, when, when ATA was going on, I was hunting late season. And we were trying to take some does, so we're in Missouri. This time, I did. I said, it's a doe. So I aimed just just off the bottom, and I mean, I pinwheeled her. Perfect. But what about that one? That doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> the, the buck, the, Remember the buck that walked out in Nebraska when I was behind the hay bales? Whitetail buck comes. I come to full draw. That was at, 55, yeah, 60 yards. No, no, it was more like 45. But but he turns, and he acted more like a mule deer, let's be honest. Because, you know, a whitetail normally sees movement, and they're yeah. gone. Oh, yeah. He turns and looks. looks I'm at, at full yeah. draw. I shoot. He doesn't drop an inch, and I freaking pinwheel him. Yeah, so but if you aim low there, then you... I, if I would have aimed yeah. low, I would have... Cut I, some wheat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so... It's wh- weird, though. I mean, because I've hunted whitetails a lot in Washington. And, I mean, I've killed quite a few now. And I've found the biggest bucks that are bigger bucks but when they come in if i shoot them at about 18 to 25 6 7 somewhere in there they duck but if i've had one out at like 40 they kind of just freeze like what was that noise and of course the arrow is there that's interesting it's weird i've i don't know but i'm hunting in really heavy timber and i don't know if it's just it echoes different at that little distance that they kind of just well, what that's is that true. but when it's there in that closer range i mean it's like clockwork they're going to the ground and so i mean that buck i shot this year i i had that buck on camera in 2015 he's a seven and a half year old deer and the one that wow. i killed and i mean he was came in behind i had does run around shot him same deal though i mean he i aimed at the bottom of his brisket because it, he was just on alert i mean he ducked and i hit him mid-body but if i wouldn't i mean who knows i, I mean bet there is something to be said about that that distance from the bow that you know creates that flinch yeah yeah well, well, same I've, same with antelope but uh, antelope i've heard people say tell me if you think this is wrong you get out about 80 yards now again i'm not advocating everybody should be shooting 80 yards but if that's in your proficient and you're you're, you're proficient yep. at 80 and you feel comfortable i've heard people talk about how they duck and they're on their way back, back up, up. Yeah. And, and so you, you catch them on the rebound yeah. Yeah. I can hit a, I can hit an antelope at 15 or 80 but not 60 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. I mean but you gotta figure even as humans like if somebody claps right behind you real close you're gonna right. duck but if they clap from 40 yards away you're like oh you might turn your head yeah, yeah. so maybe maybe it is a proximity thing to that sound going off that close right. to them yeah right. yeah that's true that's true well, it sounds like you had a pretty good, uh, pretty good year. I, I one thing I wanted to ask you was, and you mentioned a little bit, Jason, the fact that the difference between what you did the year before and what you did now in the way that you're videoing, because we do a lot of technical stuff on. If yep. guys want to, I want to video my hunt. Okay, well, if you'll listen to some of our podcasts, we go through our gear, we go through the mistakes you make. You know. yep. So what did, what would you guys say was your main takeaway that you changed to go from that first year when you were trying to do the day-by-day, which to me, I think of the day-by-day stuff and it just makes my stomach hurt. It, it, it does, and I mean, so... I, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't reinvent the wheel. Like, Born and Raised did it so well, and then Hush did, you know, best season ever and two, and, you know, you see these these views go up, and you're like, well, we didn't. We we did a season. You know, you got good good views, but not as much as you expected, but then we released a couple individual hunts separate, and like, oh, they're at 100,000 views. 
like, well, why, so are we doing, is it who we are? You know, so you're trying to think of this. So we filmed everything a little bit more for still day by day, still the storytelling, still the joking around. But the, the hunt's all contained in one. But it wasn't going to go from this hunt to the next one. So I'm not talking about the next hunt between, you know, right. and, and so we broke that up a little bit. And then in the back of my mind, we're always filming with like, can we turn this into a, a, a short story or a, a self-contained, you know, short film um, as well? Are we getting the, the cinematic shots and, and pulling some of that stuff in? you know that we can do it where the day-by-day -day stuff you might build a fancy intro but that's about as fancy as you're gonna get on the editing yeah, and because stuff. You, if you're doing day-by-day -day, you're having to edit that stuff and it yep. there's no time for no. that yeah I we mean, we had Nick Schmidt last year I mean he okay. quit his job and that he edited every day all you know for what two months yeah trying to get all of our footage and of course then we're doing giveaways and everything else and I'm doing all the graphics for it and we're giving you know all this stuff but he's got to put it in the video and so I mean it's like every day Nick was just editing you know non-stop and I think that was kind of one of the things too it's like how are we going to sustain yeah being so it's, able it's nicer to be able to sit and make your own schedule like I'll release it when I want to release it because I don't have to when I pick that first day, I don't have to be 50 shows in a row now. That's no. what always made my stomach hurt. Yep. Because for us, we do everything in-house. Yep. And it was always about, the good thing is we'd get our footage for the year and then we start to work on it. Yep. But it wasn't like, oh, okay, I, I got it. Now this has got to start airing November 1st. So that means November 1st, November 2nd, you know, all yeah, of that yeah. stuff. So let's right. see, if I start with seven episodes fully edited, I should be able to stay on pace and, and get there, you know. So but, it's, And here's the crazy stuff. Even with as organized as we are, there is the first couple hunts of the year, it's not uncommon for us to be editing our last final shows of that year because we, we air in the third and fourth quarter on Sportsman's Channel. Right. Now, with us going to Amazon Prime, that's totally different. Yeah, yeah. You know, we will have the flexibility. Um and, you know, and, and that's been just a, a great, because I don't have to stay to that 22-minute format that has the four commercial breaks and all that stuff. I can do a seven-minute film if that's what this hunt calls for, yep. or I could do a 37-minute. Yep. Mm -hmm. So there, th th it gives me a little bit more flexibility yep. and structure. Yep. A lot of people don't realize that John is the one that it inspired Wild Podcast. John is the one that designed our logo. That's right. We get a lot of good people are good. digging it. And if I was more organized, I'd probably have some swag and some different stuff but <laughs> since I'm, I'm wearing about 17 hats and hey, your booth's pretty empty here yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> you said, did you sell out already we just opened i mean you must have sold out i must sold yeah, out yeah. Sold so out. we're sitting here actually kind of in a corner behind the hoyt booth here at the western hunting expo i just needed a spot where he's, we were he's poaching some poaching some, some real estate, real estate. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Well, what do you guys got coming exciting this fall? I mean, uh, anything new, anything exciting you want to throw out there and for people some, to be watching for? We got some new stuff coming in as far as product line goes. Um, we'll have some new stuff in June. Um, not going to release too much about it yet, just in case it doesn't come all to fruition. Sure, but so far, sure. everything's on pace to for a, a June release. So we'll have some new products in. And then, uh, you know, hunt-wise, uh, try to be out in the woods as much as possible in September. I think uh, John, myself, and Dirk are going to try to put a hunt together. Um, this year, I should draw Wyoming um, through my name in the hat in Arizona. Uh, I just found out I drew uh, a San Carlos tag for next January. Really? Um, on the melee. It's not their premium. You know, you, everybody right. here San Carlos, you're like, oh, big money bag. No, this is just a, this is the easiest to draw a rifle hunt. Right. Um, it was just to kind of extend my season. I'm like, man, I, I hate not only being able to hunt elk for a couple months out of the year. So I threw my name right. in the hat and got lucky and drew on my first time but you know it's there, on the so. san carlos so or i mean the potential it, the, but there's um, definitely the potential i mean these this tag is not the 60 70 thousand right. i mean but there's a chance to get a good six point you know or something even bigger but uh so those are kind of 
uh, you know, hopefully I can squeeze three, maybe four elk hunts in, um, and then we'll do a couple deer hunts. Uh, I think Lampers and uh, myself are trying to get into Nevada. I've got 12 points in Nevada. Um, so we've been talking. I said, I don't want to burn these 12 points in like a rubies or, a, you know, something that's easier to draw. <laughs> but as long as we set like the bottom tier at a point where I'm, I'd be happy to hunt, um, then, then we, because he's a guy that wants to be there every year. And so I knew when we went to partner, I was like, Ryan, we're not going to throw a, a junk hunt on the bottom. And he's like, I don't blame you. He's like, so, so I think me and Lampers are going to try to do an early uh, August Nevada hunt. And then I'll do like a Colorado late deer hunt. We all have enough yeah, points for Colorado. That early, that Nevada is so awesome about that. They start so early. The nice thing is you're up there. you got plenty of time. They're still in the velvet. You know, Colorado just changed their, their mule deer structure. So, which was, I like it for the elk because you can hunt them later yep but it really is hard on the mule deer because now you're starting on that first versus starting maybe the 25th yeah right. which gives you that five days so you might yeah it they might, might be bachelor up for two days yeah, of your yeah, whole season you then got. you got to go find them again yeah. yeah once they rub they're you know mule deer disappear and they, they their habits change i'm scared about nevada in august because that gives me like i need every month or day i can to get in shape so that's like that's going to cut a whole august uh all <laughs> august on getting in you shape for the nice thing about august long days yeah. Yeah. so you have plenty of time when that buck beds down in the shade you gotta you can take right. your time hey, yeah. Lampers, yeah. Lampers, we, we need a five here we need a 10 over there and then we're gonna need a 15 when we get to there yeah that guy all you yeah. guys well, are in shape let me just say this with if if you treat lampers like i would treat bronio it's when he's not looking you put some of your stuff in from your pack. pack into his pack that's okay I mean, and just and just throughout the day your pack gets lighter yeah because <laughs> it gets heavier and it starts to even out it's just so frustrating these guys i'm sitting there like hunched over sweat dripping <laughs> off of every and then all these look up lampers not a drip of sweat on him hair glistening in the sun like he's this is this there's is, always that hair in the and he don't just talk about hair driving. He turns it. <laughs> hey, shut up. He turns his head and, oh, yeah. and just kind of yeah. I mean, he's like, man, Phelps. But no, it's all good. I love hunting with the guy. Yeah. Super, super good guy and uh, intelligent um, on the mountain. Yeah, and yeah. just like super stealthy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Everybody talks about that like mental capacity making up for physical <clears throat> capacity. I'm gonna have to use all my mental game I'll, on that. I'll never forget they're down in Washington, the Blue Mountains, rugged country. I don't know if any of you guys set foot in there, but I mean, it's, it's gnarly stuff. We had spring bear tags, and this is about three years ago. And I'm sitting there with Nick Schmidt. We're glassing across this canyon, the other side. I mean, it's just rock face, like kind of benches and going up and gnarly country. We spot a dude laying over there in the sun, boots off, hair blowing. We're like, that's gotta be Lampers. And so a spotter, sure enough, it's Ryan. And so of course we're sitting there looking at Ryan over there. He gets up, puts his boots on, gets his pack, everything. And I'm looking at the top thinking, well, he's probably going up to the top. That's what Ryan does. He goes to the top. I've never seen someone cover that country so fast. Like he took off and we watched him and it was like, of course, we're looking for bears. Next, boom, Ryan's halfway up. Ryan's at the top. And it was like, not a big deal. Of course, we're texting him, you know, hey, you're over there. You know, just trying to see if it was him. Gets to the top, got served. Yeah, it's me. You know, and we're like, dude, I've never seen someone cover that much country. And it's just weird though because like phelps like talk about see i'm at a disadvantage here like you because i'm sure i got short legs right. phelps when i hunt with him he's got these long legs so he takes one stride i'm taking three like i'm right. running to keep up you know and so i always he always jokes though because oh yeah he's, just walk a little faster just walk a little faster and i'm take, like take bigger steps yeah take bigger steps i gotta run to keep up but then you get some meat or your pack you know granted and it's like i 
I'm good pack around, but you go to pack an elk, and Jason, I mean, he's, you know, kind of like, Easy, be soft with your words here. No, I'm not. Not guys have feelings. No, I'm not, I was not going with the fact. Oh, I, I was going right. to say you're you're right. kind of you're like that hidden beast oh. because you put <laughs> he, he puts meat on his back and he talks about going, but he kind of has that steady pace no matter when it we're, is. We're, yeah, yeah, and he just yeah, goes. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, okay, now I got 100 110 pounds on my back, and I'm like, I'm going, but I now I'm, my steps are getting a little shorter and phelps just kind of keeps going yeah. so pretty quick he's up there waiting you know and i mean and so you he, feel bad it's, it's all relative it is yeah. but, it's all relative but he talks experience. about it though and like he's like oh i'm i'm out of shape and this and that and i'm like yeah but dude the difference is when you load down like you're still right going you know tanner vernon's that same way and tanner's tall and thin but Tanner takes those long steps, so I give him a hard time. But you put meat on his back, and he still takes. He's, <laughs> his, his gait is his gait. Yeah, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. And it is hard. I put, yes. you know, it, you put seventy pounds on my back, and I'm I struggle. Yeah. And and of course I've had seven knee operations, and you know, so I'm. Yeah, but no, it I'm is ex- what it is. But I'm that's excited. why you hunt with guys like you and Tanner and Dave. For a while, when you hunt with 45, I'll be the guy that when I turn 45, nobody's like, "Yeah, Phelps, we're not, we're gonna go do something else this year." You're all beat down, broken up, and uh, yeah. no, I'm excited for this year. We have some pretty good stuff on the yeah. on the slate, and uh, plan on filming it all again. And, and uh, awesome. Fun. Well, we're excited. No, Tur- no turkeys. costumes. No, no costume. betting this no, year. None of that. I'm not making a single bet. No, okay. I think I think you need to have one hunt that at least you guys do the costumes because <laughs> I feel like nah, Dirk's not gonna fun. let that go. He's gonna do something. Oh, you got something. He's always so, got Did you check lesson. his credit card bill to see how many calls he bought? We've <laughs> 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 got 15,000 calls. So oh, yeah. was it Dirk in Utah last year? Is it that Dirk and I went head-to-head on that alpha bull hunting course? Was that? That was Dirk, wasn't it? No. Who was that? Who did I do that against? Um, what are your crew? Mick, maybe? It might have been Schmidt. No. no. I think it was Dirk. Was it? Wasn't Dirk at, at the... Dirk uh, didn't make it here last Dirk, year. He was yeah, running for night Not force. here. I'm talking about uh, at the... What's the oh, bow course? Oh, you're talking about James Hardesty, the bigger guy? No. No, what's the, you know, the bow course on the on the ski mountain here? What, what do they call that? Park City. Oh, Total Archery Challenge? Total Archery Challenge. Yeah. Dirk we, wasn't there? We went there and called, but we didn't do... You, the whole... Huh. Dirk, there was like four, three or four of you guys came yeah. up, and I think Dirk and I went head-to-head. I think it was Dirk. Hmm. I think I'm going to I'm gonna just act like it was. Um, and, uh, and, and so it... Anyway, I beat him, but I don't want to. Cha- I don't want to challenge again because we're taking selfies here. Um, I don't want to challenge again because you know I'm the champion. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Dirk. You might ask him. Yeah, we'll find out. But I think we went head to head. I mean, we were close. Yeah, champions course, need to put their belt on the line. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Okay, I will. I will. Well, guys, thanks for. Another another selfie here. I I don't know how to do this. You don't have long enough arms. Just you have to get you have to get further. You have to get further. You can keep talking. But uh, um, how do you hold your phone that way? This ain't good. Come on, we're gonna do a time. Let's be skilled. Three second timer. Okay. There we go. All right. Well, Well, so um, we got we got turkey coming up. Um, Phelps has turkey calls. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. What, we use them. They yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's maybe some surprises in the summer. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. So so stay tuned. 
um, and Phelps Game Calls, and uh, any new swag? Are you guys coming? You, other we than, we uh, just dabble in it. We're not a we're not a swag company, but we got a few a few new. Yeah, well, things. I saw with with the combination of Maverick, for, you know, all this. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I saw you guys come out with some stuff, yeah, which is yeah, fun, yeah. especially if you're you know on one side or the other, right? You know, yeah. you can fly that flag. So um, yeah, well. Uh, it's always great getting together with you guys, yeah. and, and uh, I'm, thanks for taking. I know this is a, a busy show for you, so I'm glad we could do it early on when yeah. it's kind of slow. Perfect. Thanks for and, having us. Uh, yeah, I will. will definitely. This won't be the last one. So, thanks for listening. And as always, we want to encourage you guys to find what inspires you, what wild place inspires you, and embrace it. God bless, and we'll see you down the trail.